Welcome to The Rebound, where we'll explore the issues facing supply chain managers as our industry gets back up and running in a post-COVID world. This podcast is hosted by Abe Eskenazi, CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management, and Bob Troublecock, Editorial Director of Supply Chain Management Review. Remember that Abe and Bob welcome your comments. Now to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of The Rebound. Is there a subscription in your supply chain future? I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Eskenazi. And joining us today is Ron John Roy, the Vice President of Strategy for Adormi, an e-commerce disruptor in the women's lingerie and sleep and loungewear market. Ron John, welcome. Hey, great to be here. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you. Now, if you're of a certain age, as am I, and I think is Abe, you might remember the Book of the Month Club and the Columbia Record Club. They were subscription services. You signed up, and every month you got a shipment of a featured record, a book or two that you could keep or send back. Fast forward, and e-commerce companies are breathing new life into that old model. Any number of firms are shipping boxes of curated items just for you on a monthly basis. You can keep them in whole or in part, or ship the whole thing back. For supply chain managers, subscription services are a mixed bag. On the one hand, they bring a little predictability to your operations. Your daily orders might be random, but once a month, you know what you're shipping out. On the other hand, they also inject a new level of unpredictability. And that's because you don't know what's going to stick with a customer and what they're going to send back. So how do you plan for and execute in a subscription model service? one that includes both forward and reverse logistics, especially when you're also filling other channels. Those are the questions we're going to put to Ranjan today as we discuss how his team manages Elite by Adormi, the company's subscription service. So to get us started, Ranjan, why don't you quickly describe first how Elite by Adormi works? When did you launch the service? What's involved? Yep, definitely. So at Adormi, we've been launching what we call a number of transformational initiatives over the past few years. Um, and one of them was the launch of Adormi Services, our wholly owned distribution center in 2017, which was nicely covered by Supply Chain Management Review. And one of the things that owning our own logistics center uh, enabled was to get creative on the business model and service side. So one of the things that started as a small experiment was to launch this idea of try it home or elite. Simply, we send a box, three, four, five, or six items. Customer keeps whatever they want, sends the rest back. And one key distinction I just want to make sure for any listeners, Adormi, since its inception, has had a subscription service that's more of a membership. You pay $39.95 a month, and that is applied towards shopping on our website, and that enables a number of perks and discounts and stuff. So that was the VIP membership, which has existed since we began. But Elite was our foray into trying at home. And it was a big undertaking because we think for us, it was a unique opportunity that the broad laundry category, the in-store shopping experience is very specific. It's very difficult to create something that's comfortable. So it really was a place to try to launch this way of shopping in the comfort of your own home. The other thing for us is we all really believe across your organization that this idea of predictive commerce, the idea that you start sending things to customers because you have a deep relationship with them, we think this is the future. And Stitch Fix has paved the way. Amazon has been dabbling in this. But I mean, from a customer experience, logistics, 
profitability, procurement standpoint from all these different angles, it just makes a lot more sense. But it's pretty hard to get it right. So definitely can talk about that today. Ron John, let's dig into that a little bit. Uh, obviously, Adore Me wants to minimize returns. Uh, you're not going to stay in business by sending out 10 items and getting back nine every time. So obviously, you want to start to learn about the customer preferences and become a little bit more affinity-based as you're supplying them. So uh, how do you understand that customer preference to your point about getting a little bit more intelligent about what the customer wants and what he'll keep? And then how do you keep learning on the customer? Because obviously, tastes change. Yep, the, the holy grail of what we call the keep rate. Um, so that, that is the North Star metric, the thing we're all looking at. But, but to step back, the first thing we really think about in this is, you know, DTC, direct to consumer, the whole idea is you have a direct relationship with the consumer. And to us, that's kind of our power. That's our treasure, that, you know, relationship. And we actually think that there's a lot of brands out there in DTC, we call them plug and play brands. The idea you just kind of launch a website on Shopify, outsource all your operational infrastructure and logistics, buy some Facebook ads and you have a brand. We don't think that is kind of the future. We think owning the relationship, owning the logistics and creating these new models is the key. So for us, the keep rate to the customer experience in Elite starts with a style quiz. A number of questions, kind of fun, visually engaging, swiping around, and you answer us, you know, on style, fit, preferences, all these kind of things. That's where we start. You give us a bunch of data points. That feeds into the core elite algorithm, and there is a full level of data science behind this to get it right. There's also a ton of input kind of from the creative side, from our designers, from the procurement side as well in terms of what's selling, what's not selling. But then even... Every box we kind of look at as a series of decisions. You send four items, there's four decisions being made by the customer. To them, it's just, you know, am I throwing this back or not? But to us, it's, okay, did you put it back and return it? Then what about the colors in there? If it's a swimsuit, is it one or two pieces? Is it printed? If it's a bra, is it on the sexier side or the more comfortable side? So all these data points embedded that give you the opportunity to get to know the customer better and get smarter. And again, if you don't get the keep rate right in this, it doesn't make sense for anyone from a, I mean, it's a wasteful environmentally, from a profitability standpoint, it's a disaster. So, so that is the main thing we're looking at. Uh, one of the things, um, let's talk uh, uh, operationally a little bit here. So you're gonna have, you know, the unpredictability of your uh, regular e-com orders, right? You don't know who's gonna order, how many orders you're gonna get, what they're gonna order on a day-to-day -day basis. But now you have these uh, these shipments. So how do you plan for them? How do you work the, them into the workflow of your distribution center? And then just explain how you ship out. You know, do you do it all at one time? Do you spread the, the shipments out during uh, the year? Um, and then, you know, how does it impact um, fulfilling your other online orders? All right, number of questions in there. So so let, I guess if we're starting with the workflow, and again, as it is now, what is December 14th, and we're nearing the holidays, shipping is clearly a top of mind in every respect for every single e-commerce provider. But but for us, so Adorby, we're not a small business. We're well over $100 million in revenue, uh, and over uh, have hundreds of employees. But we're still a pretty flat organization we like to think of ourselves. And one thing that enables is 
from a workflow perspective, our logistics team can work very closely with the marketing team in terms of forecasting sales. And that this is really important because one thing in e-commerce that it allows you a bit more predictability is even though you know majority sales are still organic and uh, traffic organic sales, we have online ad spend. It's a dial we can turn up or down. So in terms of kind of building the workflow, enabling the productivity, we have some visibility in that on a week ahead basis. So every week, logistics sits down with marketing. What do we think our sales might look like this week? So that enables us to start really planning ahead. What do we need to do on the warehouse side? And that's how we look at Elite. That's how we look at Try at Home because, you know, it's the most predictable thing on the forward logistics side. It's, again, as you mentioned, on the reverse logistics side, definitely a bit more unpredictable, but but it's beautiful for us. And we think that's why it's such a good model for online shopping, because it gives us plenty of time to think ahead. How can we get this out in the right way? How can we get this to the customer? What are we going to put in there? And it allows our logistics team to work with the marketing team to make sure that happens in a way that doesn't overwhelm the uh, the regular fulfillment side. And I can tell you, when we launched this, um, you know, Elite was a small part of the business, so it didn't really impact. But we're pretty well aware that you know this building that into the overall warehouse infrastructure was going to be a key part of how it built and how it scaled. So it's definitely something that we thought of very early on when we first launched Adormi Services, it's a 130,000 square foot operation, which for us was, you know, there was plenty of capacity to start working with. So it allowed us to start really building in the kind of infrastructure that could allow for this reverse logistics procedure. Uh, Ranjan, you're, uh, you're describing a fairly straightforward process. One of the things that you indicated before that uh, any, almost any organization or any individual can open up a website and start selling products. So barriers to entry are fairly low in getting to the consumer. So how do you separate yourself with value-added services that Elite becomes the, you know, sort of destination for uh, women's lingerie as opposed to uh, what, you know, start up tomorrow that I'm selling something because I don't own it. I have uh, no control over manufacturing. I just send out volume. So how do you separate yourself from a lot of the, you know, me too's out there? So while launching an e-commerce brand is incredibly easy, developing this try at home, I think we think is a huge moat for us. And again, it's because so you need to know the customer. We have 10 years of sales data. We have incredibly loyal customers. Um, we've, you know, tens of millions of hundreds of millions of data points around purchase and preference. So that has all been factored into the elite algorithm. Not only that, a stitch fix has to sell every type of product across category, men, women, children, it's spread pretty wide. For us, it's a fairly limited universe of data that we're working with. So we think that's even another advantage that really kind of starting focused and then slowly building out the algorithm to hit and bras and lingerie, swimwear, sleepwear, all hitting the same kind of customer within the same, the same universe, also very important. So that's on the data side. The logistics side, wow, we, we uh, uh, handling this stuff, this is not something you can just pay someone else to do for you. Because again, you got to predict very well 
the customer behavior to try to build it, uh, to try to get things operating on the distribution side as well. And, and one thing I can tell you, this changed the way we built the entire warehouse and think about logistics in general. And, and uh, our head of Adormi Services AMS, Hugo, he likes to call it, we now think about the circularity of a product. Think of it in terms of the life cycle of the warehouse that it's no longer send, we send it out and, and not trying to be overly promotional, but we had one of the lowest return rates in the category. So returns at first were not a huge overwhelming existential threat for us in any way. But now we actually have to think about them as a natural part of the life cycle that it's no longer a return is a negative thing that happened. A return is just a simple thing that will be a major part of the overall purchase process. So structuring the warehouse, how things are received, building the actual returns process to be scalable to check quality, a 12-point quality check on every single product that comes through. All those things have to start getting built from the ground up in a really specific way. And and that we, we kind of consider that way of uh, like warehouse approach of circularity as definitely a competitive advantage. It's not replicable. Ron John, I was going to ask you um, operationally a little bit about the warehouse, which you just answered. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you uh, sort of the next question. But uh, for our uh, for our listeners, um, you have a pretty highly automated DC, particularly for a company with just a hundred million dollars in sales. I know that sounds like a lot, but but if, but at that level of sales, typically people aren't going to have things that you have, like robotics goods to person. You know, you've got an auto store system, you've got the uh, sure sort um, and some other things. Um, and I know that you designed those for your forward logistics. Now that you have more returns, did you have to modify your systems any, or are you using the automation as part of the returns process? Yep, yep, that's a great question. And, and I can tell you the automation from our side, you know, it's we have the, as you mentioned, the Bastion Solutions Auto Store, the short sort put walls. I mean, it's a balance where we start from day one always thinking about scaling. You know, how can we build something that can grow? And that that's how we built Dormy Services from the ground up. And then you start to see the benefits here where, you know, from, I mean, even especially during the pandemic, having more automated solutions to allow for social distancing was incredibly important. And for Elite, for the Try at Home, it does factor in, you know, adding in automation to speed things up, to allow you to scale. Uh, it definitely plays a huge role in how we build the entire process. But but it is one thing that, you know, I, before coming on the podcast, we, we, we do have these kind of discussions with the AMS team that we'd like to talk about this at a high level, again, the circularity, the uh, life cycle of the product, but in terms of the the concrete structure and the kind of processes that we built, it's definitely something we think of as kind of a secret sauce and a competitive advantage. And and it's interesting to us because normally, you know, e-commerce, your logistics process isn't always thought of as the secret sauce, but especially with the try at home model, we really think that it's something uh, something that we are excited that we built. Ron, so let me give you a last question here, and I think it builds on some of the references that you brought up before about uh, not only forward logistics and being a competitive advantage, but the reverse logistics side. I think for most supply chain professionals, this has been a cost center. 
It's been the price of doing business is getting products back, not necessarily a revenue center. Sounds like you've uh, turned it into a revenue center for the organization. How did that come about? And was that planned in the beginning or are you learning as you're moving forward? You know, I, I've never actually heard it put that nicely, <laughs> that transitioning it from the cost center to a revenue center, but I think that might start getting used internally. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is, this is exactly it. We started building again from 2017. It, the timing was just kind of perfect that we launched Elite. So as we were scaling AMS itself to handle the core business, we already were building the processes on the return side to take in products and introduce them back into the life cycle of the product. So it definitely was from the beginning. And and we do think it's a different warehouse because of that. It's a different DC that is not looks very different than others because that was a core part of how we built it from the beginning. Thank you very much. We hope you'll be back for our next episode of The Rebound. I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And I'm Bob Troublecock. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. Take care. The Rebound is a joint production of the Association for Supply Chain Management and Supply Chain Management Review. For more information, be sure to visit ASCM.org and STMR.com. We hope you'll join us again.